Hello, witches. It's a Stevie Nicks podcast where we discuss all things Stevie. I'm Leslie. And I'm Melinda. And today we will be talking about Stevie's COVID crackdown, a moment of smugness, and an interview with our first guest, David Morgan, live sound engineer for Stevie, Fleetwood Mac, and many other musical legends. Hey, Melinda. Hey, Leslie. Uh, we have a pretty like, big show today. We have our first interview coming up later. Yes. Uh, our, David Morgan, uh, sound engineer for Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks, among many, many others, has joined us today. So that's extraordinary. It's our first guest. Yes. And hopefully we'll have um, some more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's just sort of jump right in. We have a few things uh, to talk about mm -hmm. before we play that. One is Stevie issued another mandate for mask yes. wearing. <laughs> she, this, uh, I'm calling it Stevie's COVID crackdown. Yes. Uh, she's no more Mr. Nice Witch. Uh, she's, she came out with yet another journal entry in which she basically laid it on the line. Basically, the same thing she said earlier which is everyone wear a mask so we can all be together again and you can hear me sing, but in much stronger terms. Yeah. Much she stronger. She pretty mad. She was like, you know, I came here two weeks ago and I told you guys to cut it out and you're still not doing it. I think she actually like dropped some math too, didn't she? She like, yeah. last time I talked to y'all, this was this many deaths and now here we are again and it's that many deaths and um, she's becoming the Dr. Fauci of rock, <laughs> in my opinion. And uh, nice. and people are actually listening to her, though. I, I went to uh, a Facebook uh, Stevie group where somebody actually posted a, a large banner comment that said, I'm going to wear a mask. And I'm going to do it for Stevie. <laughs> and and at that point, there were, I think, at least 70 some likes. Uh, I haven't returned to see how many more people liked it. But, uh, you know, the cult has heard her um, yeah. and others have, too. I mean, where else have we seen this mandate? Oh, my God. Yeah. Broadcast from CNN, like, what? A USA people? Today. It's like she's Stevie's royalty now whenever she makes mm -hmm. a statement it's uh, it just winds up yeah it's it's kind of crazy in a way with all the stuff going on but um, it is yeah it's it's amazing to me when you know you and I have gone back in time uh, in our conversations to talk about how obscure CV fandom was in the 80s yeah. when her you know her career was you know on the front burner and and every you know we were kind of like the oddballs of the world and now it just seems like the world is like kind of caught up to yes, us exactly <laughs> and and now everybody is finally listening to her yeah. and it is a bit surreal uh when i think back uh, about those days can and we take a moment for all stevie fans uh, who have been fans for a long time and knew how great it was from the beginning to take a moment just to feel smug can we have like a two second smug break one, two, there we go. I'm actually looking in my laptop mirror type <laughs> thing and just looking at my little smug face. Nice. Yeah. 
We rule, um, guys. Yes. I mean, witches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and by the way, I want to take a second to say, we know that Stevie has said she's not a witch. That's not we why we use this title. I'm not a witch. I don't really even know what that is. And I don't care enough to look into it. I'm not a witch either, but I've been called something similar. <laughs> Sorry but, about that. No, no, <laughs> I, I wear it with pride. But yeah, the, the title comes from American yes, Horror exactly. Story. Yeah, we just thought it would be kind of a fun thing. Yeah, it's Stevie's opening line. Yes. Hello, witches. And also so cool. that's so, that so Stevie too for years be like i'm not a witch i don't know what people are talking about i'm not i don't get this you know i yeah i wear black clothes but i'm really not a witch 10 you know a decade or two of saying that and then all of a sudden being like hello witches i'm on i'm on a show about witches where i play the and i'm witch. playing a witch <laughs> we're just owning it now yeah, i think in you know. a way it's like stevie has just by default become a witch by the fact that she is her popularity and relevance has grown mm -hmm. almost independently of her recording career it's like right it's a magic unto itself so she's a witch remember we had talked about watching that movie or that yes. documentary yeah you probably haven't we... done yet <laughs> we should do that next oh, I episode haven't. okay yeah we'll give everybody an extension including me i started a new job this week so yes how is that you know. i mean you know uh, it's going all right. It's going Good. all right. I had to get a new pair of shoes. You know, my my feet uh, were not made for walking, so mm -hmm. I had to <laughs> get some good shoes. So, but it's going all right. I, I'm. I think I'm good. Uh, I was actually forced to eat tacos last night. So, forced? What? yeah, yeah, yeah. My boss was just like, "You like tacos?" I'm like, "Yeah." Uh, well, we'll get some tacos. I said. But I just brought my my lunch. She's like, save it for tomorrow. And so, bam, I had tacos. Awesome. So I'm thinking, yeah. So, yeah, my feet are hurting, but my stomach is happy. Yes. So tacos are the best. I'm, I, that's a trade-off that I'll live with. All right. <laughs> so coming up next, um, we have our first interview, as we alluded to before. David Morgan. Today, we're about to talk to someone with a really impressive resume. He has been the front of house sound engineer touring all over the world with major acts like James Taylor, Bette Midler, Fluid Mac, and our favorite Stevie Nicks, just to name a few. Uh, his name is David Morgan, and we're so excited to talk to him today. Hey, David, thanks for coming on the podcast. Good morning. Nice to speak with you, ladies. Thank you so much. So you've been running sound for bands for like 40 years. Uh, how did you get started doing that kind of work? I was a guitar player and singer, and I was the guy in the band who owned the PA, owned the van, owned, booked the gigs, hired the guys. I, I mean, it's, it, it was, I tried doing a, a, a lot of things while I was a musician, and it, it actually was a good decision for me to finally put down the guitar in my late 20s and say, uh, I'm going to concentrate on the engineering side that I've been working on for the last few years. And it was a really good decision, and it's led to a really amazing and wonderful life and i wouldn't have uh, traded my life with with anybody yeah your job sounds awesome i get paid to listen to music that's fantastic you know? yeah it's, right can, no it's yeah it's real it's really a scam <laughs> when you think about well it, can yeah. you tell uh, tell a little bit about what it means to be a front of house uh engineer okay in simple terms i'm the guy in the middle of the audience who's sitting behind the the audio mixing console 
you'll, you know, at any concert, you'll see a whole bunch of guys who are sitting there doing the lights, the sound and the video and uh, sometimes special effects. And we're all sitting out in a, in a clustered area in front of house in the middle of the audience. And we're, we're doing our jobs to the best of our ability. I'm the conduit from all the music that's played on the stage goes through my console and through my mixing abilities. And the end product comes out of the speakers. And so what you hear is the way I have chosen to blend and sculpt the performances on the stage that in, in such a way that uh, it sounds like the record that you used to hear. That's awesome. So the sound that, say, is going into the, the singer's um, earpiece on the stage, is that like a different sound engineering team? Absolutely, it is. Uh, there's a monitor engineer on stage. And he or she uh, does the, uh, the sound for each of the individual musicians on stage. Uh, each individual musician might not want to hear the same blend of sounds or voices in his or her mix. Everyone gets an independent mix, and therefore they work with the monitor engineer to develop that mix. I mean, some people only want to hear kick, snare, and hi-hat in their instrument or their voice. Other people want to hear a full mix of the band, and other people fall somewhere in between. So the monitor engineer is an extremely important part of the show and is essentially a member of the band as am I. Yeah. The, uh, both engineers and all, 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 all the musicians on the stage, we all have to be on the same page and we all have to have a, uh, you know, a complete knowledge of all the arrangements in the songs and, and what happens when and, and what needs to, to change or what needs to stay the same. So it's, it's, a, it's a big process and the communication has to be really rapid and it has to be really precise. And so you, you get used to speaking a language that's uh, somewhere between musical and, and technical. Yeah, I, I imagine. It's a massive, massive production, especially for, you know, these huge bands like Fleetwood Mac, which we're here to talk about. When did you first meet Stevie? I first met Stevie in, I believe it was 1978, when I was on a tour with Bob Walsh, who had just left the band. And Stevie came and did a couple of guest shots with us. I was doing, I was the monitor engineer at the time. And so I, I had to, I had to introduce myself to Stevie and, and say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here to do what, what you're hearing on stage. Yeah. And so we had a brief conversation. She did a couple of songs with Bob and, uh, and was gone. And then she came back another time. And I, I had a talk with, do you know who Mary is? Yes. Her friend. Okay. And Mary does teleprompters during the show. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, no, Mary isn't just a friend. Mary works. Anyway, Mary, I was talking to Mary and I said, in 1978, when Stevie came and did the guest shots with, with Bob Walsh, there was a blonde lady with her and they were dressed very similarly and, and, they, and they were obviously very close friends. Was that you? And she said, why, yes, it was. <laughs> so I, I met Mary back then, too. However, I, our paths went separate ways. I was working for the Doobie Brothers in the late 70s and early 80s. And, nice. and we, di we actually did shows with Fleetwood Mac. And I, I got to talk to Stevie in passing. But uh, I really didn't have a whole lot of interaction with her until I was uh, up in Las Vegas in 2005. And I had to fill in for somebody who was her front of house engineer at the time. And I... I did a show with her then and stayed with her after that show for the next four years. So Was that the Crystal Visions tour? Yeah. 
So that was like 2006, 2008? 2006, 2007, 2008, yeah. Nice. That's cool. Were her, like, are Stevie fans any different than other fans? It seems like <laughs> she has such an intense sort of following. Um, I don't know. Did, did you notice any difference or is there anything new that you had to deal with? With Stevie fans, yeah. they're really nice. Yeah. They're always yes, we really are. nice people. Yeah. We're it's, very it's, nice. It's, it's always been a pleasure being in the, in, in the middle of the audience with at, at a Stevie Nicks show. Uh, everyone has fun. We're all there for the same reason, because we love Stevie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sort of going back to the conversation about what's in, uh, I don't know if you can say this or not, but, you know, like something that would be in like, so Stevie's earpiece when she's um, singing would that be like a whole mix of the band with her voice slightly elevated or? Um... I, I don't know exactly what she asked Miles for. It's not something that I get involved in usually. Yeah. Uh, if, if Miles Hale is the monitor engineer now and he does an amazing job. Uh, when we were doing Crystal Visions, a, a woman named Rachel Adkins was doing monitors. Mm -hmm. And she's, uh, she, she ended up with me on James Taylor for years as well. And uh, she's a, extremely talented. Uh, Miles Hale, the, the current monitor engineer, is extremely talented. Uh, Stevie is absolutely dependent on her her, her monitor person to, to be able to work with her and to make the decisions on each and every song, uh, yeah. which instrument is will be most beneficial to her. For example, say a, a song has... Uh, an unusual rhythm to it, uh, you know, a ripple in the rhythm or something like that. And, and she needs to hear time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, you know, a, a sound engineer would recommend, well, let me give you something that gives you rhythm, like hi-hat. Let me give you time. Oh, uh, nice. If, if someone needs melody, uh, the first thing I would suggest is turn up the piano. I mean, this, I, I don't know what she does, but I mean, in my experience, well, in my actual limited experience as a monitor engineer, because I'm a terrible monitor engineer, but I'm the first <laughs> one to admit it. Uh, it was, uh, you know, you, you look, you try to listen to the artist's uh, request or definition of what's going going on in in, in what she, she needs, and then you respond to that in in, in a way that that will be most helpful in that particular situation. So, like I said. Time, a good answer is hi-hat. Melody, a good answer is piano, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if, it's a, if it's a vocal song, turn up the rest of the vocals around her. Make, make her feel like she's in an ensemble. You know, yeah. like the early songs with, uh, with Sharon and Laurie, they, yeah. they, St Stevie often says they wanted to be the female Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Yeah. <laughs> so when we're doing the songs off of Belladonna, I turn up the girls in the, in, 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 in the front, and, and I assume Miles does the same thing on stage, you know? Because we want to try to match the environment as well as we can in terms of get, getting her into the right feeling of performing the song. That's interesting because we just said a few episodes ago, uh, podcast episodes ago, that Belladonna, the one thing we liked, really liked about it was that um, Sharon and Lori's voices were really elevated in, the, in that album. Oh, they're great singers. Yeah. And really, really, wonder, really wonderful people as well. That's great. Can they ever, given what you just said about really needing to know each song, when you have a big show like that, like Stevie's show, for instance, can they ever improvise? And if they do, would that completely throw you off? Uh, they always do at the end of Edge of 17. Okay. And Waddy tries to signal me as best as he can. There are certain other songs There are certain other songs that get a little jam aspect to them, but it, it, that's mostly limited to, 
the last uh, couple of minutes of Edge, Edge of 17 where we go into a whole bunch of solos. You count along with them if it's an eight bar or 16 bar solo. Uh, and, then, and then I try to watch Wadi out of the corner of my eye. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that was that they were improvising there. Oh, yeah. So with the, uh, the length and the order of the solos often changes. Cool. It's such a cool song, too. It is. Yeah, that's a great song. So did you guys come to Fleetwood Mac? Yes, yeah. actually. So did you mix? Were you the mixer on this last tour or the front of house? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Melinda actually flew into, I live in Portland. Melinda lives in Illinois. And she actually flew into Portland and we went and saw mm-hmm. them together. It was a fantastic oh, that show. Was a great show. It sounded yeah. so good. Oh, thank you. I, I, yeah. I, I love mixing that band. I really, really love mixing that band. We were ecstatic to be there. Yeah, when I saw the list of, of things that you of shows that you've worked on, David, I, I was at your Bette Midler show you mixed. <laughs> I was at, at some Stevie shows, and definitely I was at... Um, How about uh, Paul Simon? No, I, no, did, I got no Paul Simon I, in my list, <laughs> unfortunately. I, uh, yeah. I, I worked for Paul from 1986 through 2007. Wow. I mixed Steely Dan from 1996 through 2007. Wow. Yeah, those are some big... Uh, some gigantic shows, that's for sure. Um, if you, you go back, you go back further. I, as I said, I started with the Doobie Brothers, and then uh, I had a great break in the mid '80s. I got hired to do Whitney Houston's first three tours. Oh and, nice! Uh, uh, it turned out that it, at a show we did with Whitney in 1986, Paul Simon's manager was there. He called me at the hotel the next day and hired me to do the Graceland tour. Wow! How awesome is that? It was incredibly awesome. So you worked on the last Fluid Mac tour without, you know, giving anything away. Is there, is there any, are there any like memorable things or crazy things that happened on that last tour that you're able to share? As, as far as Stevie Pacific, specific information goes, I think the greatest event that happened during that tour was when she was inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame oh, as yeah, a solo right. artist. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you saw her performance on that. I did. But that was so stellar. We were so proud of her, and it, she was just beaming all the way through it. Uh, and yeah. to, to me, it is a Stevie-specific moment. That was the best, the best time in 2019, that's for sure. I, you know, I got to be there. I, I, I mixed the performance. I, oh, I, you did? I, I, I mixed the, uh, the uh, me and my friend Jay Vicari, uh, we remixed the performance for, for, for TV broadcast as well. It was just such a good show. Everybody was on 10 and just at the top of their game. With Fleetwood Mac, it's pretty much every night was just killer, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was uh, you, you just pick your moments. I was so impressed with, with, with how well Neil Finn did. I mean, he, what a great player and, yeah. and, and Incredible gentleman. What an asset for the band. And then, then Campbell's guitar playing. Mm-hmm. Thank God it was different enough from what Lindsay played, yeah. you know, where he, he yeah. didn't get held up to, to hard comparisons all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It was, he, he, he did take those songs and make them, you know, Mike Campbell songs and not Lindsay songs. So that, that was good. I, and Mike is a great, great guitar player and just yeah. a, a, a good person to talk to and, 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 and a fun person to be around. Yeah. I was, I was sort of wondering, and I was thinking about what your job would be like is if, if it was just like, Oh, well, it's time to clock in. And, you know, I was wondering if the music would just be like in the background, but it sounds like it's still really exciting for you to be doing this. Oh, job. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. That's it's, great. As I, as I said, I've got the best job in the world. Tie me down and, and force me to listen to Stevie Nicks or James Taylor for three or four hours a night. You know, I mean, it's... <laughs> it's I'm getting really it's jealous really hard right to now. Complain. It's, really, it's really, really hard to complain. Do you have a favorite Stevie Nicks song? Well, come on. Landslide is everybody's favorite yeah, Stevie Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's a so, pretty classic one. Yeah. And I just, I just love it when I pull everything down in the building and start Waddy's guitar, acoustic guitar off playing the, the opening riff mm-hmm. where, where you can barely hear it. Because I want everybody in that building, even if there's 15,000 people in it, I want everybody to quiet down and listen to this show, this yeah. particular song, carefully. Yeah. Because you're gonna hear you're gonna hear Stevie sing it so beautifully. I think every year she does a better version of it. I'm jealous that you get to sort of have that un, unadulterated sound. No, I'm I'm the one who puts all the effects on. Okay, so, so uh, yes, I'm really yes, jealous. Uh, I always just wanted to hear Stevie's voice, like as I've, if I was right next to her without any reverb, without any anything. It's uh, you know she's she has an incredibly strong voice. Uh, her phrasing is is remarkably yes, good. Yeah. Her her. Her uh, tonality is completely unique, and her songwriting skills are are, are outrageous. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can talk to me is another one of my favorite songs, just because I love the energy. Enchanted is another one of my favorite songs. You know, I mean, it, here I'll, I'll I'll read you the set list of the last show we did. Okay, and it, and we had been this was up up in Las Vegas uh, back in January on the Fluid Mac tour. No, this this was a, a, a Stevie spe- one-off special we did oh, up in oh, Vegas. Oh, okay, that one. And 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 Patty Benatar opened oh, for wow. us. That was She's a lot awesome. of fun. And so we did "Stand Back," "If Anyone Falls," "Stop Dragon." Waddy sings a duet with her, right? We do a medley now of they "Outside the really Rain" well. into "Dreams." That that's very cool. Then we did "Gypsy," "Gold Dust," "Landslide," "Rhiannon," "Edge of 17." Uh, then we did uh, "Been a Long Time Since We Rock and Roll" because yeah. she likes doing that song. <laughs> then we do another beautiful medley of "Wild Heart" into "Belladonna," and then we finish that show. Then we finish that show on a real upbeat nice. note with "Enchanted." Oh, wow. And what what a way to you know if we if we're forced into stopping, it was it was a great set to go out on. You know, when you're touring with these massive rock bands, like what is the like what is great about that, and what is not so great about that? The travel is the great thing about it, and the travel is the bad thing about it. <laughs> I can uh, see that. There are better places to live than on a tour bus. Uh, they are very comfortable, but you're still living in very tight quarters with uh, with people for a, a, an extended period of time. You know, quite quite often tour legs last six to eight weeks. Yeah. You know, so and if you're doing four shows a week, five shows a week, uh, you're on the bus a lot. The other part of the travel is is you know missing your kids grow up and things like that. So, but you know, you, you have to make trades. The rewards of my job, uh, intellectually, emotionally, physically, have, have, have all been so beneficial in my lifetime that it's I've managed to to you know tip the scales in favor of of, of work as far as the good side of it goes. And during a show, I'm in absolute heaven. Uh, that's what it, I'm doing exactly what I was built for. So um, what is there any skill set that would be needed for mixing a Stevie show that would be different from mixing any other show? Is there anything that makes sort of her sound special or would make someone a very good engineer for specifically for a Stevie Nick show as opposed to another show? 
my particular uh, skill set is is sorting things out, making room for all the parts to be heard, mm-hmm. and that's that that's that's really quite a magic trick. Not every sound engineer uh, ha- brings the same perception and decision making to to every show. So. Uh, there aren't, I, you know, I can't say that this guy wouldn't be good to do Stevie Nicks, but I would, could tell you a, a way in which someone would do the wrong thing for Stevie Nicks. Like so often you go to, to, to shows and you can't hear the vocals really yes. clearly. Well, you can't do that Stevie yeah. Nicks show. Vocals are number yeah. one. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's obvious that, 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 that you have to like be able to balance the dynamic between Stevie's vocals and Waddy's guitar playing as well. Because Waddy is one of the greatest guitar players my generation has produced. I want everybody to be able to hear exactly what that this this amazing guy is playing. So it's it, it as I said, it's it, there's a, a tremendous amount of sorting out that has to be done and it, in, in in layman's terms and in, in, in the audio terms it's it's contouring the sound. People seem to like what I did with Fleetwood Mac because I kept the vocals out front, but yet you could hear everything everybody was playing. Yeah. And you got a, you you got a lot of the physicalness out of out, out of Nick and John, but without uh, having them overpower Stevie mm-hmm. and Christine. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't think anybody's going to overpower Neil. Boy, what a strong vocal he's got! It's just so <laughs> cool. I don't know. I don't I know if you guys like Crowded House, but what what a great love what a, what a great I know. Band I was so was. pumped when he joined, and and a lot of people were like, "Oh, who is this guy?" And some skepticism was coming up in the fan community, and I was out there with the Crowded House flag waving high. I'm like, "No, this guy is amazing!" <laughs> oh God, he did a great job. Yeah, he, he did. did an absolutely great job, and he's a kick-ass guitar player mm-hmm. too. So it was. It was a great compliment to, to Mr. Campbell as well. Yeah. So you know, the hiring hiring of those two is was a stroke of genius. You got to you got to give it to Nick and John and Christine and Stevie for that. That was that was really a stroke of genius bringing both of those guys in. Agreed. Yeah, it was definitely a great. It was a great show, and I enjoyed hearing what was the crowded or what was the Neil Finn song they did. They did "Don't Dream It's Over." Yeah, and they did and they one did other it as a too. Duet. I got you. I think i saw that on youtube it probably wasn't at our show yes. yeah yeah we did i got you that was fun to see stevie do that one sing on that one she was fantastic it started out in rehearsal as a duet and stayed that way it was fantastic uh when we went to australia and new zealand of course we put that song back in the sh- in, in the show I, i've been incredibly lucky and i'm very grateful for the opportunities that i've been given and and i couldn't have enjoyed uh working for the artists I, who, who chose me and who, who I chose and any more than I, I have. I mean, doing Paul Simon in Central Park in 1991 for 750,000 oh, people <laughs> might have been the best day of life. That might have been the best oh day Oh, my gosh. That is a legendary yeah, that's, show. That's, that's, yeah. Well, I was the audio engineer oh. for that. And uh, that, nice. that, that was uh, probably the most memorable single day in my career. Uh, it was, it was absolute heaven these days, probably 20 million people say they were there, but, uh, it, it kind of became an urban legend. Like, you know, I was in Woodstock, <laughs> yeah. uh, but in truth, 750,000 people were there. The energy was, it felt, the energy felt like a humid day. 
I mean, you could feel the human energy uh, just uh, circulating all around you. And right before the show, there was a, a huge video screen right, right behind the front of house tower, so I couldn't see the crowd behind me. And just before the show, I, I leaned out from the scaffolding tower where we were in the, it, it, about 150 feet from the stage, and I looked behind, and it was so daunting <laughs> how many people there were. I mean, it just... It went on and on and on. That's extraordinary. And on. Oh, it was so much. It was so much fun. We're jealous of you for many, for many reasons, as I'm sure oh, are yeah. a lot of people. That's <laughs> you definitely have a you know a job that many many people would love to have, but not everyone has the talent to be able to to you know mix sound. When I put the guitar down, I really had to study. I I had I had to teach myself acoustical physics. I had to teach myself electronics i had to teach myself electricity and i mean it, it was a a really really intensive time of self-learning and and it, it ended up paying off when you travel on that crew as part of the sound people do you like for fluid mac do you ride on the bus yeah i, I work with the crew okay. yeah I, I, I ride on the bus <laughs> yeah not you don't get the private plane no years ago there there is often the option open for a front of house engineer to, to travel mm -hmm. with the band i've always chosen not to do it because I, I I feel that the the work aspect of my job is just as important as the mixing aspect of my job, mm -hmm. and so I like to be there. And my only way to be there uh, all day long with the with the rest of the crew is to yeah. travel with the rest of the crew. So I I, I chose year, years ago not 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 to be on it on on the plane or the buses with the band. And I like the work. I like the physical aspect of it. Uh, I like the challenges. I like the uh, I like trying to figure out how to make a building sound good. And in order to do that, you have to be there yeah, all day. Makes sense. So, and what else would I do? Hang around the bus playing yeah. video games, you know, or ha hang around the hotel. <laughs> uh, so it's 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 been fun. I've and I've met so many wonderful people all around the world with the stagehands and other local crews and things like that. But and you don't you don't do that if you come in at, at four o'clock in the afternoon yeah. with the band. You don't get you don't get you don't get the the depth of the interaction and the uh, and the quality experience. Oh. So I know uh, things are really difficult now for all those in live entertainment. Obviously, there's no shows, and we don't really know. Uh, like normally, I would ask you what's up next for you, but <laughs> there's not um, a whole lot going on. So there's a lot of people who are, you know, not maybe the musicians, but those who are on the crew, um, everything supporting these major events. Um, a lot of people are out of work right now. Um, so is there any um, group or, you know, fund or anything that you know of that people could help contribute to to help everyone who is out of work? It's a very, very sad experience in our sector, the industry. Uh, over 90% of the people who work in the, our industry are, are out of work right now. A good way to reach out and try to help people who are on road crews or other people who make their, their, their living in the music business is uh, to reach out to Music Cares. And they have uh, they accept donations. And Music Cares is a longstanding entity that has taken care of the musical community uh, for many years. And they're a very worthy charity. If you have some extra money that, 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 that's a good place to, to give it. Uh, someone who's in trouble, uh, can petition music cares for a grant. Probably the most available source for people to get a, a little bit of a bailout. Uh, the promoter live nation has also opened up, uh, a website called crew nation and crew nation accepts donations to take care of road crews as well. 
And another thing is the Road Crews family. I, I, I give monthly to Feeding America, and I encourage everybody else to, do, to give what, what they can when they can to that particular charity as well, because it's not just the musical community. Yeah. It's everybody who, who's trying to feed their families in this point. So those, those would be my three places to go right now, and that's where I've been trying to direct a little money every month myself. Great. And we'll put those links on our social media accounts as well. So yeah, thanks for so much for taking your time out and, and chatting with us about this. I think uh, I certainly learned I, a lot. I, I felt like I was at that Paul Simon <laughs> concert, by the way. That was amazing. Well, I'm going to start saying I was there too. Right? Uh, <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Were you at Woodstock as well? Oh, I was born <laughs> there. Yeah. Yeah. Had to yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. It's always a pleasure to talk about something that I enjoy, and I, I enjoy my work very much. I, I, hope, I hope that's obvious yeah, and that I'm able to, you know, transfer some of the, the, the good energy that it gives me to, to, to everyone else who comes to see the show. Yeah, well, hopefully you can get back out there soon. And um, I sure would love to see you mix another Stevie Nicks or Fluid Mac show at some point in the next future. <laughs> Well, we're hoping. Yeah. We're really hoping. Yeah. I, I, I would love to see Stevie do another tour. Uh, her shows are just remarkable. Uh, and as I said, I'm, it, it's a wonderful opportunity to work with old friends and, and, and to, to present songs that are just beautifully crafted and, and strong arrangements, in, just impeccable vocal performances. And I, you know, I don't know anybody who, 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 who walks out of a Stevie Nicks show without a smile on oh, his yeah, or her totally. face. So oh, yeah. I, I think, I think we're, I think we're going to hit the road again. We're with James. We're due to go out in May of 2021. Mm-hmm. I don't, we don't have any dates uh, for, for, for Stevie yet, but in, encouraged that uh, and, and, and hopeful that something will, will, will happen uh, within the next couple of years. Because I know, I know yeah. she wants oh, to work. Oh, yeah. You, she loves to tour. If you didn't, yeah, her, her uh, social media post just a couple days ago was pretty, was basically like, <laughs> you all need to put your masks on because I need to get back to work and also people should exactly. stop dying. <laughs> yeah. Right. You all need to get it together. Stop dying. Come to my show. Yeah. I'm was... 72. <laughs> I need to work some more. Yeah. Cool with everyone. Yes. Well, thanks. Thanks again. Thanks for talking to us, David. It's been great talking to Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, that was uh, an excellent experience. I really enjoyed talking to David and um, I want to thank him for taking the time to share uh, really a very rich uh, career with us and such a great attitude, such an awesome guy to talk to. Yeah, that was super fun. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that perhaps the future Others will hear this interview and see that we can be talked to and perhaps (laughs) we can be talked to doing the same, right? Yeah. It's great. Um, so the last podcast we mentioned, or two podcasts ago, I can't keep it straight now. We mentioned um, watching the documentary um, Stevie Nicks Through the Looking Glass and talking about that. Obviously, we didn't do it this podcast because we had this interview, but we will do that. We will talk about that next podcast. Yes. So everyone so still has homework. Got an ex- right. Go ahead. You homework. have an extension. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I needed it too. So, but Yes. We'll be prepared. There might even be a quiz. Yeah. So next time, next time we will have done our homework. Yes. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, And thanks especially to David Morgan for taking the time to talk to us. 
And next week, we look forward to airing more grievances against the media with Stevie <laughs> and uh, also uh, discussing the documentary that you can find on Amazon Prime. Uh, about Stevie, Stevie Nicks Nick. through the looking glass. Through the looking glass. Yeah. Oh. And in honor of Stevie, wear your masks. You must wear a mask. Stop making out with people you don't live with. Oh, that was actually detailed in the journal. Yes, it was. Yeah, I, I found that rather insightful. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all ought to get Stevie Nicks masks. I think I'm going to like, yeah. Google that and get me a Stevie Do Nicks it. mask. So Stand yeah. back. All right. Just really, really represent, say, stand back on it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Wear your mask, Next everyone. Next time. <laughs>